the Podfix Network, baby. Hey, everybody. This is former WWF Light Heavyweight Champion Gilbert, brother, and you're listening to the Greetings Guild Podcast. How much is this? No, that's fine. Yeah. I was just <laughs> marking, marking where we're starting. All right. Um, Did you need me to clap as well? No, no, no. Since we're in the same room, it's okay. Uh, okay. No, we can we can have our own individual claps. Okay. Oh, look, it's fucking Henry the Eighth. No, no, that's Harry the Ninth. Harry the Ninth. Uh, yes, yes. He does not want <laughs> to be related. Piece of shit. <laughs> fat, uh, adulterous piece of shit. So that murders his wives. That's why he doesn't want to be uh, associated with Henry the Eighth. Oh, okay. Yes. All right, so that makes sense. Harry the Night. That's, that makes sense. All right. Uh, welcome, everyone, to... I don't even have the rundown open. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> let's... Uh... Oh, I didn't realize we were jumping right well, into let's, this. Let's, let's start... Uh, well, I hadn't planned on it. This is, yeah. this is a hell of a cold open, though. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to do this. That's why I got this blanket on. Because yeah, it's it not is, a cold open, it's a frozen as fuck it, it, it is chilly. Yeah. It is chilly. Mm, chilly. All right, Cretans Guild Podcast. Run uh, down. This is what happens... Oh, God, he deleted the rundown. Did he? There, okay. No, he, yeah. he, he titled it Cretans Guild Podcast no, the Rundown. Run, the rundown is law to uh, to Monarch Bob. Episode 89. Episode Mike Ditka. I gotta be honest, I don't understand what that means, Bob. He's a, there's a photo I think he showed us. Is it? Oh, well, it does have a link. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's We're go. professionals. Please don't be Mike Dick's jersey. Oh, well, it's Mike. Oh, his jersey's 89. Oh, that's great. Oh, okay. All right. It's funny when I made it the Sidney Crosby episode because yeah. no one. We're just. We're reaching now. <laughs> hey, well, that's a sports reference, and you didn't get that like immediately. It's football. All right. I mean, I still don't get it. I, don't, I saw it explained to me. I don't like football. So uh, I, okay. I, don't, I don't know what's going on there. I got you. So yeah, welcome to episode eighty nine of the Cretans mm-hmm. Guild podcast. I am Jay. With me, literally, is Corey. Yep. Hey, we're in the sa- we're in the same room. Yep. Uh, Pigs are not flying. Nope. The uh, moon has not turned blood red. It just uh, so happened that I got in my car and drove over. Yeah, he he, yeah. he made the the long trek from Chicago, Illinois, to Kalamazoo, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, all two hours of it. Yeah. Uh, and, and came on over and is spending spending some time here with me and the fam. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so tonight we're, we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, yeah, we're, was, we're gonna be playing a game. Is, uh, I didn't come over here without a mission statement. It was going to be, uh, we're, we're gonna do some tabletop or, uh, or bust. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, we'll be playing Splendor tonight, mm-hmm. uh, which is a game I've now played once and was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but before we get into that, uh, we are part of the Podfix Network. It's podfixnetwork.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can follow fellow Podfixer Varmint's Podcast. It's an education and comedy podcast that's all about animals. Paul and Donna do a whole bunch of research to bring you a mix of science, education, pop culture, and comedy about all the things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on the planet. We should pronounce it appropriately, though. It's varmints! Yeah, it is. That's true. And not, you know, (laughs) not varmints. Yeah, so they they do all that, and it's kind of nice. These guys are super kid-friendly, so if you have little ones in your life, you can let them listen to it, unlike what you should do with our podcast. Right. Uh, but it's a good show, and adults will love it as well. Why are, why are they promoting it on... <laughs> I don't know, but my favorite, my favorite part of this rundown is after, in parentheses, it says, Bob Note, very kid-friendly, yet adults will love them too, pod fix like a motherfucker. <laughs> so... Beautiful. Yeah, that's it. Um, uh, uh, yeah. 
So yeah. So we won't be pimping our shit on their show. I hope not. I, I would. I wouldn't let us do it. Oh God. Yeah. Look at the guests and topics. It's completely blank. That's because I hadn't molested it this week. What are we going to do? Uh, I don't know. We can provide color commentary for this wonderful game that we've got going on here. So let's uh, let's can, let's start off. Okay. Uh, so you you came over yesterday, mm-hmm. and we didn't do anything yesterday. Right. Yeah. Because kinda, it was late. We sat around and shot you know uh, shot heroin and yeah. watched a lot of porn. Shot. Yeah. Yeah. With, with, you know. with the kid and the wife, of course. That's, that's kind of the thing that's we do. That's about and as family friendly as this podcast gets. And and it was it was it was nice. It was it was good to spend some time with you. And I I, I should say that this is probably just going to be Corey and I talking, uh, and less describing the situation that's going on with these this game because currently we are dealing out the cards on a table in a grid of three by four. Yeah. I don't know if anybody who's played Splendor knows. Um, we should at least try to describe this shit. Okay, we're, yeah, we're yeah. Trying it's... to recapture the magic of the uh, zombie dice episode that uh, yeah. we did a couple of years ago, yeah, which was so, pretty solid stuff. So the the idea behind Splendor is you're you're trying to be the first to fifteen points to win. Mm-hmm. You do that by collecting gems, which you use to purchase cards. Mm-hmm. Cards also have a gem value on them, which are permanent to you, and go basically. So it's like it's like a stacking economy sort of a game. Yeah. Yeah, that's a perfect way to put it. Right. Um, and, you know, wh- while we could just do a play-by-play of what we're doing, it's going to be pretty boring to hear. I spend two ruby mm-hmm. <laughs> to pick up one sapphire, because you're going to go, what the fuck is this shit? No, it's not compelling. The the um, the symbology used to, um, uh, to, to ascribe roles to each of the components of the games is pretty, like, Renaissance-themed, or at least Renaissance... Uh, I don't know, associated. Yeah. But I'm kind of trying to figure out who uh, we as players, what our role is supposed to be in this. And and uh, early access to like just single gems um, and us using these resources to, uh, you know, uh, gather more power and influence. These are technically called development cards. Mm-hmm. Um, makes me wonder if we're actually conducting um, illegal activities in Renaissance era Italy. In order to impress these nobles, who, who you'd uh, assume would be uh, have uh, a public face to you know curate, and what a hideous public face they all have! Like, yeah. if you look at our three nobles right now, we have we have upset woman, man <laughs> who sat on tack, Heck? and and Harvey the Ninth. It's <laughs> Harvey the Ninth because he doesn't want to be associated with his more infamous brother. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't. It could just be RBF. That's not really fair. She could be pleasant. No, she's from the Renaissance era. Yeah, yeah. Of course, they're all assholes. Yeah, a resting bubonic face for those scoring at home. Right. Um, <laughs> and so, so yeah, we're gonna be playing this. We're gonna be talking, kind of, probably talking about what we've done uh, mm-hmm. today, mainly because Corey and I went off on an adventure today. Yeah. And not everything that we've done, you guys, because we don't want the authorities to be getting wind of any of it. That's true. Yes. That's very true. So, for you, those of you that are familiar with our podcast. Congratulations. It's going to be more nonsense. Mm-hmm. For those of you not familiar with our podcast, congratulations. You're going to get some nonsense. So, spiff. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what it is. And all right, well, let's go. Um I will me? you go first. You uh, me first? Yeah, you go first. That'll work. All right. Um you know how shit I am with early strategies, so we're just going to go gung-ho right away. Okay. I'm pulling like two Elmerolds and okay. hoping that comes together as something. Fair enough. Um there you know how there's there seems to be like a Japanese word or term for pretty much like the most obscure of concepts. Sure. 
All right. This one was hitting me on the way home uh, yesterday from the grocery store because an absolutely absurd uh, situation uh, had occurred to me. And um, uh, what we want to do? All you want to do is zoom, a zoom, 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 and boom, boom, boom. Just shake your rump. I have no rump to shake. Actually, I'm not cutting myself any slack on that. I do. <laughs> it's pretty handsome. Very few positive attributes to describe myself physically, and the butt's one of them. That's a net. Uh, that that was a net early benefit of being a skater. Um. So, right. Um. This this is gonna sound a whole lot like a Louis C.K. joke upon reflection. It, it is not. The concept is similar to it, but it's a very narrow one, and I think a whole lot of people can relate to it. So I was saying, okay, there should be a Japanese word for this situation that I'm about to describe. So walking home from the grocery store. Uh, saw a guy heading towards me with his with a stroller and I assumed like sight unseen well I assumed that sight seen <laughs> that it was, you know It's a baby. Here's a dad, he's got a baby in a stroller. They're gonna go get some milk or do something. Sure. Perhaps score some coke because I know what part of town that is. Yeah. Um, and the closer I got to the uh, the, the the crib, I realized that in the crib, there's no baby. There is like a lot of swaddling underneath a blanket that was perhaps positioned to maybe resemble a baby still being in the in the stroller. And the dad looked normal, so I didn't think it was I didn't think it was any shenanigans that he was up to. It's just, but what that's not that's not the point of the story. Um, what uh, what I thought immediately in that like split second that your brain comes up with the most uh, complicated uh, and uh, overwrought explanation possible for that scenario before it you know, goes back to sanity and is like, oh, well, he probably just dropped the kid off at a babysitter and is strolling back to the house. Mm-hmm. I thought, legit, I swear I'm not doing a bit. This, this, is, this is where it came from. Um, I thought, all right, the dad is single. He took the kid out to go, you know, impress some people. But the kid, as the wingman, got picked up himself and then took some of its swaddling and made, you know, a, a swift escape. And the dad didn't know it yet. And then I was like, congratulations. You just spontaneously wrote a comic strip based on this random occurrence that just happened to you that was complete and utter nonsense. <laughs> And what are you gonna do with that? What are you gonna do with this like, with this concept now? I don't know. I'll just probably use it to describe something and fill some air on a podcast or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, but the thing that eventually took me to is that there is no Japanese or any other sort of like an esoteric term to no esoteric label ascribed to the situation. Sure. Yeah. Because we it's it's I mean we have like everyone loves Schadenfreude. Right. But the Germans don't have anything for anything like that. Like, right. No terms of happiness. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> well, they have they have Schadenfreude. Well, but that's happiness in someone else's misfortune. That, that's right. Well, German for German for happiness would be like just Guts, I suppose, <laughs> or beer. Be- be beer, a, yeah. But that would be that would be a, a transmission schnitzel. of happiness. So would schnitzel. Yeah, true. And so would lollies, and perhaps. I was just going to say the word hand jobs, but in a lilting German accent. Hand jobs. Yeah. <laughs>
Well, there's your random chatter for the open. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And see, I would have been disappointed that there wasn't a dog in the stroller. Yeah. Oh, see that. that, that okay. That, that was like the. That was kind of like the follow up. You know, when my consciousness eventually caught up with my my idiotic subconscious, they were like, it would have been cooler if there was a, po- a pair of pointy ears just popping out yeah. above the blanket line. Yeah. Because like he's out walking his cobalt or something. Just. Y- y- <laughs> <laughs> you know, take candle. Yeah. Oh, oh, he's cute. Yes. Oh, I'm gonna take your candle. It's the last you time I take candle. It's the last time I take you out to the bars, bro. You <laughs> suck at this. Do you know what we're supposed? To... Oh, God, stupid kobolds. All right, so you've been back in Chicago for two months now. Uh, since January the first. Yes. All right. And happy. I have no other positive emotions to compare it to, simply because I felt like I made my own escape out of a stroller from, you know, a single desperate death. <laughs> Fair enough. And I was just, like, riddled with swaddling in which to, you know, make my uh, effective getaway. All right, for those scoring uh, at home, that was not set up. Like, I had no idea we were going to be... No, sometimes I'm just that goddamn good. <laughs> and you could count all those times on a single hand. Um, yeah, I couldn't be fucking happier. I mean, I came over here. I came over here, well, because, you know, the planets had aligned for one, too. Yeah, it was was opportune. But for two, for the most part, I've just been keeping myself busy with exploring my surroundings. I've actually been, well, I've not been drawing, but, like, getting myself back into the habit of drawing, which most people in, like, my private social circle are, like, that makes me happy. You're not drinking that again, really also, happy. are you? Yeah. I mean, I am drinking again, but I never really stopped. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I live in a town that, you know, more or less encourages that activity during the day. Yeah, it's the I don't drink anymore. I also don't drink any less. Like exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't lean on it as a crutch for any inspiration or, you know, mobilizing imagination and shit. Sure. It's just been so good. And. Honestly, uh, the the entire last year has been leading up to this, too. You know, during the pandemic, when everybody else has been suffering and fucking miserable and, mm-hmm. you know, worrying about their future, et cetera, et cetera. And I keep waiting for, like, the other shoe to drop for me because it began with my last job, which mm-hmm. I had no love for, telling me to start working from home. And that was good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it started with a two-week vacation, which sure. then became a two-month vacation. Mm-hmm. And then they brought us back in for two weeks, and a bunch of people got sick, and then they put the kibosh on that. Uh, and from then, things just kept getting better. Yeah, that's never the result you want when you run a business, is to be have people be like, this is great, I never have to go back. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, obviously, it, it's... It, it's not, it, it doesn't need to be belabored that there's an unprecedented misfortune falling, befalling well, the entire globe for the entirety okay. of last year. Look, I, I already... like So, Corey and I did um, did a thing for my show uh, on YouTube called Microtransgressions. I, right at the start of the pandemic. Uh-huh. And we made some serious missteps <laughs> during that show, making light of the situation. To our credit, we're not uh, virologists. Yes, to yeah. be fair. To be fair. <laughs> to be fair. And not to steal somebody else's bit. No, I'm, I'm not about that. <laughs> I'll happily steal someone else's bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we, we, we kind of... Um, yeah, we, we, we fucked that pig. Uh, it's t- I'll steal that bit yeah. too. 
We, yeah, we we completely dropped the ball on that. Where it was like, oh yeah, no, this is no big deal. Everything will be fine. We porked the pork. I don't. Th- no, we weren't that flip about it. We were just being jokey. Well, yeah, we were yeah. being jokey because we, we we talked about Doctor Mario. Yes. And we're like, oh, that's a virus. Oh, <laughs> we'll just drop some counterphobically colored pills on top of it yeah. while the virus dances all over our graves. Yeah, as it turned out. Um. So we we did we did make light of the situation. We didn't. We weren't like dismissive mm-hmm. by any stretch well, but yeah we definitely yeah no, that's our typical response of gallows humor which even in the worst of times we do you should have seen us around 9-11 you would be glad that we didn't know what podcasts were at that point yeah we'd, yeah. we'd probably be in jail um, <laughs> but yeah it was it was just it's you know it's it's how we deal with shit is we have to we have to bring funny or we'll cry and we have to try to make as other other people uh, as nauseous as possible. Yes. Or we will still cry. So yeah. So my, the reasons microtransactions has been on hold for so long. One, it's a it's a major time investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two, I needed to give it time to breathe. <laughs> yeah. Because, oops. Uh, <laughs> um, well, it was it was ill timed. It was a sort of a it was sort of an attempt at launching a new thing. Yeah. It was, and and it was it was something where uh, I had just started to honestly really take the the, the YouTube channel seriously uh, because I went from having like five subscribers to all of a sudden having a hundred, which was a, accelerated. Yeah, it's a bit shocking. <laughs> uh-huh. I, didn't, I didn't anticipate that happening. So we we I we was like, oh, we'll put in a podcast. We'll start doing a podcast for the channel, mm-hmm. and like I edited. It. I was like, wow, that took me like three hours to edit. I could have been doing a video. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and no one watches YouTube to listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to our podcast on YouTube, by the yeah. way. Because um, I realize I say that now and we're making a podcast for YouTube. Yeah. Well, like, uh, well in, in this particular case, it was us trying to, well, it was us doing, having only like a vague idea of yeah. us doing it. Because whenever you, whenever you, uh, did you ever see that, uh, did you ever see the tweet that was kind of like, um, Knocking on the culture of podcasts, that's like, why don't white guys go to therapy instead of starting podcasts or something like that? Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. It's, well, A, because, you know, it's, it's free, more or less. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But B, um, since when is socializing therapy? Well, yeah, that's, that's kind of a twisted it. way like, of looking at things, too. <laughs> yeah, the, the podcasts for us mm-hmm. between both Cretans Guild and I know for Skipper Bob, mm-hmm. uh, was, Skipper Bob, I know for Bob with Skipper Bob's breakdowns and for me with, with square pegs and then with microtransgressions. Yeah. Shit, just sorry, did you just go? Yeah, I did. You okay. go ahead. Uh, it was it was a way for us to spend more time together. Anyway, here's some people that need a little bit of like game component porn oh, yeah. at the moment. Listen to this. Oh, God damn it. That's so good. We're playing Splendor. Yeah. <laughs> and this is an ASMR. Yeah. And if I were a pirate, it would be ASMR. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it was a way for us to spend more time together when we're apart. Press these cold chips against my nipples. And uh, that'll happen Oh, this later. is your copy. I'm sorry. How did yeah, you, th- yeah, that's fine. I don't care. No, nah, that's, that's um, overstepping boundaries. And it's, you know, I, I know some people are probably going to look at this or listen to this and be like, oh, well, you guys are you guys are not being safe. You're spending time together. Yeah. I've only licked like five doorknobs on the way over here like before I, getting in the car. We, we've... <laughs> An intensely populated urban area. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's all right. We're, we're not being dumb. 
we have masked up everywhere we've gone. You know, the whole, the whole shebang. And it's, you know, sometimes you just need human interaction. Yeah. <laughs> More than just, hey, your face on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I work from home. I know this. Like, Is it putting the cart before? No, it's not putting the cart before the horse there. It's like, we're not being in a dumb, we're not being dumb in a way that would endanger anybody. We're just being the standard level of dumb that. We're being our level of dumb. Right. That we're comfortable with and yep. hasn't killed us yet outright. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's going to try and it might get close. Who knows? But um, what death wish? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is what we talk about when we play board games, guys. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let, let's let's talk about today. We 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 set out on an adventure today, uh, questing for Let's old re- video games. Let's remind myself of what I got. Yeah, absolutely. Was, I think you made the big score today for the most part. Yeah, I, I, I did pretty well. Mm-hmm. I did pretty well. Now, uh, first couple of stops were a bust. Um, first one being first one wasn't even a stop really. First one, yeah, first one wasn't even a stop. We 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 went into a place, and there was some neat stuff. Um, there's that Sega Genesis uh, inbox version of Dick Tracy, which is pretty cool. Mm, yeah. Um, which, yeah, I'd like to have that, but I don't need it. Um, but the the Oops. main the main thing we went in and the the, the store's fine. It's an mm-hmm. antique store, but it's an antique store in rural Michigan, and it's an antique store with a person who clearly has no time for masking. Um, I I get from the tone that you've referred to rural Michigan as is that it's kind of an un, an untold thing for rural areas. But I'll tell you this. Um, in the uh, five block area, uh, uh, centrifugal to you know, where I currently live, mm-hmm. there are about one, two, uh, two, two used game stores. And I mean, there's a lot in the city. But uh, only accessible to me is you know like two uh, within walking distance, and today we covered uh, a mean of about six, uh, seven, no six. We it was a lot. We, okay, so we did we did Nana, well, we did the the <laughs> gonna, not gonna name names. Yeah, uh, we did the place in rural Michigan, uh-huh. and then we went down to Triple Creek. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we went to <laughs> Triple the, Creek. the bookstore. We went to the used game store. Up on Triple Creek. Jesus we did two Goodwills, we did Fanfare, and we did Second Chance. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was it was I got God damn it was like seven or eight stores we went to today looking for games. Uh, oh, and and Treasure Quest, right? Which uh, is just a, a nice little gem of a place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we went to a bunch of used game stores, and you know that's it's not like. If you guys don't know the layout of Michigan, Michigan obviously is, is shaped like a hand. And where I'm at is in the lower west, uh, the southwest side of Michigan. It's the hand that welcomes Indiana. And everything in that area is at least 50 miles from anything else. So Kalamazoo, where I'm at, is 50 miles away from Grand Rapids and is 20 miles away from uh, Three Rivers. And Three Rivers is a very small town. It's a cool town, but it's a very small town. (laughs) Uh, and that's where we ended up going. Today. And unexpectedly too, if you're like an if you're like an architecture whore, uh, you would find few better. Yeah, it's and, it's an awesome town. You know, oftentimes like small towns are like diamonds in the rough as far as like uh, vintage uh, building design goes. This place is like one of the most robust I've seen, and I've seen quite a few of them. I mean, yeah, fuck, I lived in Georgia. I mean. there, there's a, a full theater marquee uh, for a theater that still functions, mm-hmm. uh, just you know, not during COVID. Yeah, um, that has. Just an awesome, 
awesome uh like now playing sign out front and mm-hmm. like sticks out it's a classic triangle you can yeah. see it from both ends of the street uh and there's killer neon work too yep lots, which i lots hope to see it at night at some point yeah lots uh-huh. of awesome neon work there's uh like apartments above every store it's just it's it's an awesome street main street and three rivers is just stunning and didn't know that kind of wish you didn't tell me that <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's a thing yeah um and on this street is two of my favorite stores in the area and one of them is lowry's used books mm-hmm. so when i say used bookstores i think it kind of paints one picture for people and it's just like oh it's a bookstore that has used books mm-hmm. and yes that is true yeah uh, that, that is ex- in its name. <laughs> a good chunk of people hearing this are also going to think of like half price books at first, which is a yes. used bookstore technically. Yeah. But it's more or less of a very, uh, a very specifically curtailed experience. Yes. Yeah. And Lowry's is not that. Mm-hmm. Lowry's is a lot. <laughs> uh, so Lowry's is, is, is five storefronts and floor to ceiling basically are just stacks on stacks on stacks of books. Of every variety you can imagine. Well, the, the first the first time I ever went in there, uh, the, the 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 image that I got was that it was like one of the cleanest and most well organized freaking garage sales I'd ever seen. It's it is the most organized cluttered chaos ever. Yeah, it, it's it's absolutely a train wreck. What's going on in there, mm-hmm. and it all works. Yeah, I don't know how. <laughs> but they fucking have everything. They do. I mean, the, oh my, uh, and uh, do you remember like when uh, when you first took me uh, took me there? Uh, the one section that I spent the most time in, which was not uh, trades, although I did spend quite a lot of time in the trades. Now that was God. That was where I scored those uh, two mint copies of um, uh, first press editions of the Trouble with Girls, uh, the Gerard Jones comic that's from like the early eighties right. before he started working for DC. Um, it was, and that's a great comic too. I'd been a fan of it for like a long time, but I had only had access to like single issues because it was a small print. Sure. And small print in the eighties was really goddamn hard to get a hold of. Yeah. It was before the Ashcan Revolution and stuff, but um. No, the part of the store that I spent the most time and remember spending the most time in that first time was the sci-fi paperbacks and looking like at all those. I mean, showed a couple of them to you today. Looking at all those like just insanely aggressive paperback covers. Yep, they're absolutely just most uh, like a lot of people have this idea of like um, a cartoon eighty cyberpunk sort of visage, and it was so much of that, and it was genuine. And seeing those hand rendered artworks like put the context was an absolute you know treat for a graphic designer a graphic design addict and it's, it's got tons of those it's got tons of stuff like that just relics well we also the first time you went we spent a lot of time in the hard case crime section because mm-hmm. they had like they had just gotten a collection in from somebody and just put it on the shelf oh god yeah um, it feels like we're gonna be spending forever chasing those fucking things <laughs> <sighs> uh, so we did that but this time like the main goal for going to lowry's this time was for you to find Lego sets mm-hmm. because they are a, a huge independent seller yeah, uh, and they have a lot of Lego. Actually, well, you knew they had, they had Legos. Yeah, I knew they I had Legos. I didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you knew about it last... I, actually, I don't think you were big on Legos last time you were here. Like, you you were just kind of starting out your Lego journey. Yeah. I was only going to buy the Monster Hunter set and then stop cold turkey after that. Yeah. God damn it. Eight years later. <laughs> <laughs> Eight years later, and I don't know how many dollars afterwards... Uh, and your entire, like, like the one thing you were looking for, you were looking, it's well, like you were looking for 30 bucks for cubic foot of space that I've lost <laughs> in my living, in my living spaces. Yeah. So you're looking for Batman, uh, Lego Batman movie, uh, Ninjago movie, 
I've, I've got almost everything in Lego Batman movie. If I'm going to be keeping an eye out for anything for that, it's going to be the Joker Mansion, and that's never going to happen ever. Okay. Uh, I was looking out for uh, Apocalypse Berg. Yep. There's a 5% chance of that happening. Um, but for the most part, I was looking for... Uh, I'm chasing down hidden side stuff now because yeah. they're starting to phase those out, and I really love the designs. It's clever as hell. And I like the theme because it's like the newer haunted yeah. monster hunters. Yeah, so so Hidden Side is uh, a, a Lego series uh, where... Uh, it's it's based around an AR game, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I guess I haven't done it myself, but you know, anytime it, that, it, it's pretty fucking clever. Yeah, anytime a company is using new technology, I'm a fan of it. Mm-hmm. And the the builds themselves are really cool. Like the the one I have is the uh, uh, the Ghost Lab, which um, which is just awesome. Like this is it, part of my advanced strategy. I'm just going to un- disorganize all <laughs> the gems here. <laughs> And the one you were looking for... Idiot. <laughs> is, uh, here's some more ASMR. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. This is... Oh, the Paranormal, the paranormal Intercept bus. I just jumped. <laughs> uh, and this is great, because it's mm-hmm. got... God, this is just this is a killer design. Oh, it's like a Mad Max style bus. Yeah. Um, there's the the reason the, the thing that first got me to notice uh, the hidden side the hidden side stuff is that all of the builds are supposed to embody like um alternate forms between this and like this making air quotes with my fingers ghost world which yeah. would be the erstwhile hidden head um this, and this is so real ghostbusters yeah yeah it absolutely is uh, and there's a port oh jesus it's a fucking port potty too yeah it's a monster port oh my god that's and, great and it's it desires turds oh no um, <laughs> oh no and um the, what they're really good about with these designs is that is that like the earth side um, materials uh, have all of this uh, implied uh, degradation. Um, uh, 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 it has this not uh, not eroded look to it, but a used look. Yeah. Like this, like the school bus is quite evidently. You can look at it and see that it has been repurposed into like some sort of a survival vehicle or whatever. So there's like bars on the windows and some sort of uh, an, uh, an accessory hatch coming out from the side, and. Um, that's before it transforms into something more nefarious when it meets uh, the hidden side, you know, through the app. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and like so many of their uh, so many of their builds from this theme are like this. I don't tend to get into like vehicle heavy themes because I think it's like a that's a very cheap appeal to children. Yeah, I like the I like the buildings more personally. Yeah, especially like the UEC one or the UC ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, but these were just too damn clever for me to ignore. And uh, the fact that there is like a, a, a palpable narrative that surrounds the entire theme too was pretty crazy to me as well. Um, like uh, there's a there's a group of scientists that are trying to track down these ghosts, and uh, you know there's some plucky yet uh, streetwise children that have been uh, roped into the chaos. So mm-hmm. they help out instead of you know taking advantage of the of the of the situation for their own means. Um, but yeah, uh, it was a, it was a really cool set. And of course, it didn't sell for shit <laughs> because it's cool. Because it was cool. Um, it was. I think. I think because maybe people like us think it was cool as hell, and that the designs were clever as shit. Um, maybe kids were not into it as much. That's, and yeah. it is the kids that keep the toys flowing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and. Us adults like to matter, you know, because of our narcissistic. Uh, <laughs> because we know we're aging out of life. Yeah, but uh, Lego don't care. No. So, uh, well, let it thrive. Let it thrive with our loss. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Big, I can at least chase the shit down in the middle of nowhere, uh, Michigan. Big Brick doesn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you, you Big got Brick that. doesn't did care. You, did you get any... No, you didn't get any... Did you get the Billy and the Bongers? I did get the Billy, Billy and the Bongers bootlegs uh, because that was uh, that was something that I had to uh, sell during a, a rent a desperation yeah. period. Uh, but, but only because this one came with the uh, the pressed vinyl yeah. that the other ones did come with. Which I've never listened to. But I should I should probably I is, is it bad? I, I did it sometime. It, it's almost it, it's almost legible. What's um, listenable? Listenable. Sure. Tons of scratching. Tons of warping. Um, okay. I mean, it is like paper thin. It, it is. And there, like even the most cohesive vinyls that you can put on the table still have a lot of uh, fidelity do, issues. Do you remember uh, back in the eighties when McDonald's sent out? an ad in the newspaper for their new menu uh-huh. and they had an album with it uh-huh. <laughs> with, the, with the menu song on it yeah I must have listened to that fucking song a million times with the, was it the menu Big song Big Mac McDLT a quarter pounder with some cheese filet a fish a hamburger a, three, a cheeseburger a happy meal That that's your wacko's world yeah I don't okay I don't remember that I remember all beef patty special sauce lettuce cheese pickles onions and said that was a Big Mac song yeah that okay, was a Big Mac song right. but, yeah, yeah. yeah the, so the menu came on an album or the metal version of it which is oh can I do metal uh, nah, well it's no not at midnight alright it's too late for metal it's too late it's too late for metal we're too yeah, old unfortunately but it's never too late for coarse jokes correct yeah <laughs> Uh, which I have none because honestly uh, me trying to dominate this table is kind of distracting me halfway but yeah, we've we, been recording for 30 minutes. We are three moves in. We are. <laughs> that's all on me. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's on both of us. Um, yeah. Because a lot of this is like... Zombie dice... See, I thought because of the simple rule set that this would be pretty easy to dive into and play passively mm-hmm. while we're talking. But the thing about zombie dice is like chance carries half of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the only randomness uh, tendered by uh, what's going on here is that we do flip a new card into a row that we can pour over obsessively for like five minutes mm-hmm. while we're thinking about which gems to collate in order to scale upwards to the next row um, in order to, you know, claim the title of uh, Blood Diamond Lord at the end of this. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we don't have to, you know, catch the plague. It's my own personal fiefdom of gems. <laughs> you got a pretty handsome pile there, anyway. Yeah, I got two diamonds and a ruby. Uh, ruby! <laughs> um, oh, shit, that just made me think of something. What, what the hell was it? Um, there was never any, actually, any actual guarantee that the upper classes at this point in history were protected in any way from prolific spread of disease. Was there? I don't think so. No, I mean, certainly not STDs or anything. But I don't think they really cared. No, they didn't care about that. Yeah, that, especially Harry the Ninth. Yeah. Well, well, his brother. Yeah. His brother was um, was yeah. the bad. Har- Har- Harvey right. the Ninth is okay. Harvey the Ninth is fine. Yeah. He's a po- he's a positive example of uh, of a of a of a magnanimous lord mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and a, a very he runs a very fair fiefdom. Yeah. Uh, but uh, his brother, well, you know, he was a wife killer and he was absolutely riddled with the clap. Uh, Fair Fiefdom is my medieval uh, Foo Fighters cover band name. Fucking. (laughs) (laughs) You son of a shit-eating turd farmer who eats what he sows and reaps. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) 
So after Lowry's, we went across the street. Apparently, uh, I don't know how to insult. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Uh, and we went to CZ's, mm-hmm. which is uh, a place I discovered recently uh, within the last year. Yes. And I had never taken YouTube before, but apparently it's been there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, just never noticed it. Right. And it was it was weird. So the, when I first noticed CZ's, we were coming back from that park uh, that we drove past. And we turn onto Main Street and I look up and in the apartments above, because mm-hmm. I think, I guess the, the people who own that yeah. company live up above. Uh-huh. And there was a, a, a vault boy. It, oh, uh, shit. Painted, painted in a window. I was like, oh, yeah, someone's a fallout fan. That's pretty cool. Uh-huh. And then I was like, oh, oh they're and, preparing for and the apocalypse. Like, and they like Zelda. And oh, there's Mario. And is that a Vectrix in the window? What is. Oh, we got to stop here. Uh huh. Like, <laughs> oh, some, somebody, in, somebody behind the wheel was like, nerds. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was the first time I ever found it. But we, mm-hmm. we went this time uh, because I got uh, I got a pretty awesome thing for my birthday. Uh, one of the things I did recently, I did a video with some friends of mine on YouTube uh, about uh, holy grails that I'm hoping to acqu- that we're hoping to acquire in 2021. And I finally one- drew. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the, the 38 minutes in, mm-hmm. three and a half moves done. <laughs> Moving right along. Yep. Foot loose and fancy free. free. Mm. Uh, so, sew your buttons. Um, <laughs> So we we went across and uh, well the re- the reason we went is because I got a uh, in, in that video I I pointed out that I really wanted to get uh, one of the jungle green Nintendo sixty fours this year it was a holy grail for me I never had an N sixty four well I owned a gray one but it never actually worked because I got it years after the system came out. Uh, you remember that like mine never picked up a signal. I seriously I'm getting an echo of recollect. We tried it on your TV in the uh-huh. apartment we shared yeah. uh, in the, the red and black room, and it never worked for me. The red, uh, the red and black room? Uh, where me, you, Meredith, and Victor lived? Oh! oh. On, on the pipe shelves. Right, okay, yeah. Because you had your N64 hooked up, and it worked. Right. Um, but I could never get mine to work. It never functioned. Mm-hmm. So, I, like, well, it functioned once, and then I put it in storage, and mm-hmm. then when I took it out of storage, it never worked again. So I was like, well, yeah. all right, well, that's that. So I've wanted another N64 for years, mm-hmm. and I wanted the green one because I think it looks cool. That's the end of the story. Like, as it looks neat, I want it. I, um, I assume for the longest time that the N64, that the reason you didn't have one was because the N64 library wasn't robust for you to invest time in chasing it down. That, or robust enough. That, that had something to do with it. Like, there are certain games for the N64 that I really loved. But they were watershed games and on a Nintendo system that are usually first party. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's pretty much exactly it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it got to the point where it's like, well, I really want to get one. I hope I get one this year. This is the thing I want to get. Yeah. Uh, so I put it in the video. And my friend Chris, who, I, who was on the video, uh, got a hold of my wife and said, hey... My game store out here in California has one. And she's That's surprised. a hell of a call to get. Yeah, she surprised me with that. I had no idea. Like I was completely uh-huh. clueless about this entire situation. Because uh, he had actually messaged me first uh-huh. and told me about it. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'd love to get it. And then messaged me back. And he said, oh, it's already sold out. I was like, oh, eh, oh well. What a sketchy was, bastard. It wasn't meant to be. Not a big deal. <laughs> but, I just, but yeah, that's the end of it. I, I'll live. Um, but yeah, so they, they duped me. Mm-hmm. Is basically what happened, and that's okay. I don't mind because uh, I got it. Yeah. So 
And now the treasure is yours. Yeah. So we went to CZ's today, and uh, first thing we did is we we walked in, and CZ's. If if you don't have antique shops in your area, CZ's is set up like an antique shop. Yeah. It's a an old store with a lot of useless crap in it. Mm-hmm. That is old. It's an antique store. That's that's all they are. Right. And the first thing we did is we went uh, into the basement. And in the basement, we discovered children. Yeah, well, there was, <laughs> there, there, there was a child down there. Oh, yeah, uh, that's true. But they weren't chained up or anything. And this joke kind of fell flat. God damn it. <laughs> um, oh, well. But so we went down to the basement. I and made at least one person sick. <laughs> I, I, I did my job. And we found down there uh-huh. a red and green crate. Yeah. Which was pretty cool. Now, mm-hmm. in this crate were some old yearbooks, which I don't give a shit about yearbooks. Mm-hmm. Um, we got enough of our own. Yeah, we got plenty of our own. And I don't look at those, so yeah. why am I going to look at someone else's? I don't even else's? really want mine. Instead. I don't either. I don't understand why I keep them. Yeah. I just haul these heavy-ass fucking books all over the country. I don't know. They're like, they're like, a, they're like a grimoire of cringe. Like yes, like like bona fide cringe. Not yeah. like, not like social media currency cringe nowadays. It's just if you if you've ever been able to look at your yearbook without your skin. Um, Ta- without the, without the feeling of like your epidermis wanting to leap right off of your bones, at at seeing anybody like anybody you knew, not even your own pictures, I dare say that, uh, I don't know, you've probably intimidated Clarice Starling at one point in your <laughs> in one point in your life. Yeah, you're just and yeah yeah you're 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 just not a well settled person. Yeah, and that sounds really judgy, but you know I don't like you just <laughs> i mean there's a certain there's a certain level of navel gazing where within like the first couple of years of leaving high school yeah you can look back at him and be like oh photograph the, the good times man yeah do you remember do you remember when we were we did that yeah but i'm fucking 42 in a week i don't want to uh-huh. look at it anymore it's just full of people i don't like I can't go that far. Well, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, I managed to stick with you assholes for this long. The people I like are the people I keep in touch with. Yeah, right. The people I don't like, I don't want to see ever again. I'm good. True. Yeah. Like, there's, there's a reason I didn't go to my reunion. I don't mm-hmm. give a shit about them. <sighs> I kind of want to go to my reunions. <laughs> oh, fuck. I do not want to go. <laughs> I, I do because I never thought I'd be able to, like, work my way out of the, like, the shitty pit of misfortune that I had worked so diligently for over 10 years to get myself into. And all of a sudden, I'm out. But then again, it's not really my way to lord over my successes, even though I sure. make more money than everybody that used me in my <laughs> I'm probably better looking and, you know, a lot of other stuff that they don't need to know about. So anyway, I don't your, believe that last one at all. There, the were your, <laughs> there were yearbooks in that crate. Yeah. Uh, and that was great because, you know, yearbooks are wonderful, I guess. But uh, more interestingly were all the games that were in that crate. Yes. Uh, Four Swords Adventures for the GameCube, Resident Evil 5 for the GameCube, mm-hmm. uh, Mario Kart Double Dash, a b- bunch of fucking GameCube games. Wait, was there a Double Dash in the crate or was it just the one behind the, ga- the glass cabinet? No, there was one in the crate, but it didn't have a case. It was oh, it, it oh. was in a it was in a generic empty case. There was no box art or anything. All right, I was um, I was about to like say you know we're I could go back there tomorrow, <laughs> but no. Um. So yeah, that stuff was in there, and I was like, oh, this is awesome, but I don't really want any of this stuff. Yeah, I got I got to put it back because mm-hmm. I can't spend forty five fucking dollars on Zelda Four Swords. Mm-hmm. 
when I'm the only one who's going to play it. It's it's yeah, that, yeah, that's fucking sad. Yeah, because you know that I would be down for it. Like anytime you brought it out. Yeah, but I think the reason people don't really have an appreciation for Four Swords is that because at the time it did come out. Well, nobody played it then either. Yeah, yeah. So the closest thing we had to uh, uh, any sort of um, uh, uh, a counterpart to it in modern days was a uh, Triforce Heroes came out for the 3DS, mm-hmm. and that is, um, it's on the same foundations. Obviously, it's uh, semi-competitive, semi-cooperative, but it, it is way more cooperative than uh, the old Four Swords was because you could actually concentrate and kind of like um play rope-a-dope with the rest of your crew mm-hmm. while, you know, screwing them actively out of any triangles. Yeah. I mean, there's always, like, oftentimes that point where, uh, like, all four of you uh, uh, team up to move a giant boulder, and then once the giant boulder is moved, you're like, all right, y'all going down now. <laughs> <laughs> Stabbing everybody. <laughs> your triangles are mine. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, it was a bitch to set up, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I passed on that and uh, went back upstairs and looked at the used games they had there and found up. I ended up finding, for me, I found uh, two N64 games. I got Wave Race 64 and Blast Core. Yeah. And then I got Fight Night Round 3 for the 360, um, Def Jam Vendetta for the PS2, mm-hmm. and oh, what was the other one? I'm going to have to look at my pictures. Not Fight for New York. Because, no, because uh, I'm not spending, I'm not selling my child to get a game. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's it's nice to know that it's not unobtainium, though. Oh, uh, it was Knights uh, Journey of Dreams for the Wii. Yeah, uh, which I'd played the original Knights on the on Saturn, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm interested in this one. I mean, it's a Wii game. Yeah, and it was like three dollars complete in box. So whatever. <laughs> actually did think about getting that one. Uh, one of the reasons, one of the things that turned me off of Knights is that it seemed to be too, um, too married to rail play. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't my, that wasn't my gig. Uh, rails only work for me when they're on shooters. Sure. But I love the music. Like yeah. the original had like the pimpinest shit in his music. And of course it was Sonic team that made the games. So yeah. That all made, that all checks out. And, uh, when it was brought over to the Wii, same deal, new tunes, better visuals. There's the other thing about the Saturn is that like, yeah. Well, I know it's like a cult console because it didn't do well, and there's a lot of that underdog appeal to it. Man, it was butt ugly. Yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> it did 2D games beautifully. Uh huh. Right. But 3D. I mean, for for first 3D, okay. Uh, but no. I know. To me, it was like marginally better than the PS One. Yeah. Yeah. And just marginally. Sadly. Yeah. Marginally and sadly. So I picked up those, and did you end up getting anything? Oh yeah, you got a Paper Mario sticker. I got a Paper Mario sticker. So, uh, <laughs> which I, I love that the guy gave it to you for free. Um, yeah, that was a hell of a gesture too. I was ready to flip out like at least two dollars for it because I wanted to, to go right on my trunk. Yeah. Um, uh, I I tend to I don't know why this is, but like uh, I'm a pretty strict gatekeeper when it comes to uh, trunk stickers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want no garbage on my furniture, no matter where it comes from. Uh, but Paper Mario, it belongs. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he just—I showed it to him, and he was like, "You recognize brilliance? You can have it for free." <laughs> Why? Thank you. <laughs> so, it, 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 in this exchange, though, as I'm as I'm getting my games rung up, uh, the lady that was downstairs with her kid ended up coming upstairs, and had two of these uh, like light up links mm-hmm. that were in that crate. Yeah. Well, and, you didn't see those the first time. No, I, I did. Oh, I just okay. Didn't, I didn't care. Right. Um. So she brings them up, and they're like, well, where were these? Did you go? 
Yeah, it's your turn. Son of a bitch. Uh, it's, it's, it, they're like, well, where were these? She's like, oh, they were downstairs. You do tabletop like you eat lunch. Like, suddenly you're done. Yeah, I do. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, um, okay. Meanwhile, I take forever. <laughs> and she's like, oh, they were downstairs. And the guy's like, where were they downstairs? I said, oh, you had a crate downstairs. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, you had, a, you had a ton of games in there. You had a, a NES Mini and a bunch of GameCube games. And the guy's like, what? <laughs> Yes, you Excuse- have saleable inventory downstairs. Did you not know about this? Excuse me. And like the dude like interrupts our our sale. Yeah. To run downstairs and grab these games to make sure people don't fucking steal them. Right. Uh, well, it's not that like they're going to be able to walk out of the store with any of that. Yeah. In their arms or anything. Yeah, but they could have grabbed the discs. Hmm. Yes. So. Yes, that is true. Although, <laughs> could have been like, you pregnant? Because <laughs> you weren't when you came in here. Are you giving birth to cinder blocks? Yes. Yeah. No, I'm giving birth to a Rubbermaid. You caught me. All right, I got to go now. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so we ended up, uh, we, we picked that stuff up, and then we went to lunch. And Corey had... Uh, For the first time ever, a local delicacy, which... Uh, a regional meal. It's not really called anything, is it? It's just a burger with green olives on it. It's called an olive burger. Right. I think somebody, I mean, it's not a terribly creative name, I'll grant you, but it's not a terribly creative burger either, because like green olives isn't something that you would naturally put. I mean, I like green olives on a pizza and salad in those rare instances where I'm eating a fucking salad. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people don't even put green olives on pizza. Sure. So when I think this was somebody, this was somebody like after about like maybe two and a half beers and you get a pretty handsome functional buzz going going you know what Michigan doesn't really have a regional dish does it you have pimento cheese it's from the south you have deep dish that's from Chicago over with uh, clam chowder is probably Massachusetts I don't really know mm-hmm. um, but what's Michigan got cheese curse no it's fucking Wisconsin Michigan doesn't have anything well let's go with olives olives are native to Michigan <laughs> yeah but what do we put the olives on well it's Oh, I'm eating a burger. Hey, hand me those olives and put that on this burger. But mix they them up f- with a bunch of mayonnaise Yeah. First. <laughs> so that they can adhere to the meat in the bun, because otherwise they're just going to fall off. Yeah. Like a miniature dandruff shower failure. Um, and, uh, I mean, it was it was good. It wasn't gross. Like, you kind of expect regional, uh, regional dishes to be kind of like a little bit uh, challenging sounding. Yeah. But in the end, not completely repulsive. Peanuts and Coke is something that sounds repulsive to a lot of people, and I absolutely fucking love diving into one of those. Um, That's a real thing for for those that don't... It's. I'll convince you one day. I mean, you can do milk and Coke, right? Because that's just... Really? No. It's just a melted float. Nope. Can't do it. Huh. Well, that's another thing I'm going to have to get you on to. But... It is. It's, it's, it's pretty damn good. So I had this, and I was like, all right, well, I've done peanuts and Coke and lived to tell the tale. I can do anything. Um, and it, it wasn't repulsive, but it wasn't, like, shockingly tasty either. It Probably was, not going to go out of your way to have one again. I, I mean, I might go back over to that restaurant because the rest of what they had on the menu looked fucking stellar. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a damn good restaurant. That was, that was that my was first and only green olive uh, green olive hamburger. I'm not going to go behind it and jack anybody off for another one. <laughs> <laughs> really? Fair enough. I'll do that for peanuts and fucking coke, though. Mm-hmm. 
so from there we went to... I mean, I'd wash my hands afterwards from the Savage. Well, good. I appreciate right. that. Not from the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> we just saw some Navy listeners. <laughs> or one guy that was like, yeah, he was in the Navy. Well, he's not know. wrong. He's not <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Um, He's lying. He was totally in the core. So after that, we went to Treasure Quest, which is one of my favorite little hidden gems here in Kalamazoo, which is a hole-in-the-wall video game store uh, up in Kalamazoo that has... Oh, you got my fucking gems. I just realized that. (laughs) Oh, you little shit. I'm sorry. No. Um, Well, no, you're not. We're playing. That's true. (laughs) Has all kinds of good stuff in the store. there's There's no room for diplomacy and splendor. Well, that's fair. We're gem barons. That's true. <laughs> we kill our slaves mining rubies. That's least, true. I'd assume that's how things worked in the uh, Renaissance era. We were so enlightened. Uh, <laughs> I mean, relatively speaking, perhaps. Well, not Harvey the Ninth. He was not, uh, uh, not right. enlightened at all. Well, he was in heaving. T- yeah. Because <laughs> he's fat. Because he's fat. He's blessed with cellulite. Cellul- cellulite, not celluloid. Yes, he's a big fan of the movies, which weren't a thing in Renaissance. I've got a future in the movies. <laughs> oh, you know what they did love back in the day, though? Puppet shows. They did love puppet shows. Mm-hmm. You know, that's so. Speaking of puppet shows, um, have you seen Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection? Not, mm, not yet. And I'm very surprised that you've been pushing this a whole lot because you effing, I hate Ghosts and Goblins. You loathe you some Ghosts and Goblins, but I love Ghouls and Ghosts. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, let's be fair, Ghouls and Ghosts is great, mm-hmm. Ghosts and Goblins is balls. But for... But arguably, for very specific reasons, Ghouls and Ghosts gives you a fighting chance. Yeah. Ghosts and Goblins... Does not. Ghosts and Goblins is a straight-up video game S&M. Yeah. yeah. It's not... It's it, You're not meant to win that game. It's a cynical quarter muncher. Yeah. Like, even coin-op defenders, like early coin-op defenders, can look at Ghosts and Goblins and be like... Okay, somebody was scraping the brick when they made that. Yeah. Yeah. So Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection is fantastic, and it, it's hard as hell. Mm-hmm. But on a, on a positive note, it's hard as hell, but you don't have to put quarters into play it. Yeah, you don't make yourself poor. Yeah. You can get some baseball cards afterwards. No, Marvel superhero cards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, but the, the neat thing about the game is that it looks like a puppet show. Like, all the character work in the game looks like it was taken... Uh, like, like it's got independent movement of the arms from the body and stuff like that. In in the in the remake that you're talking about, right? Yeah. Not the classic one. Yeah. Okay, because the classic one is great pixel art, but there was no real like theme behind it except for like spooky things. Correct. Okay. But yeah, this one looks like a puppet show. It's awesome. That's fucking great. Yeah, I'll sh- I'll show it to you tomorrow. Um, and uh, the guys behind Tomba uh-huh. helped on it. Shit. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Nope. Uh, wait. wait uh, Whoopi Camp. Oh my God! They're still around. They were. I, I thought they were done. I uh-huh. thought they had shut, been shuttered. But yeah, no, they're they helped on it. Hold their, on. Their logo is in the credits. There's some. No, no, no. We, 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 some that you just said is is causing some kind of um recollect to happen. There was a game that I played uh, like a couple of years ago. I maybe four or five. No, no. This was like back when XBLA was doing big business, um, and it was. Exactly like that, but it was more of a, like an Edward Gorey thing. I mean, the the, the the visual theme was still like marionettes. Mm-hmm. And I think it was actually designed by Grand Hop, uh, Grasshopper Manufacturer. Look up stuff that they've uh, done. If you Grasshopper? Have yeah, Grasshopper. Or somebody, where the hell did my phone go? Oh, there it is. Well, you're doing it anyway. 
All right. Now, if you have like a total list of all the um, titles that they have uh, put out in recent years, go back to around maybe 2010 or so. Ooh, that was not a good burp to make. I'm sore about that. <laughs> What's that? Fatal the, frame? Yeah, the Wii uh, version of Fatal Frame that they actually worked on. Did it get shuttered? It, it never came over. It never came over here. Diabolical Pitch. Uh, rebuild? No. Uh, Cinemore? No. Diabolical Pitch. Liberation Maiden. Lollipop Chainsaw. No More Heroes. Black Black Knight Sword. Look that up. Okay. Um, you should find some images of that. I'm going to take my turn right now while we're doing kind of yeah, like an go intersection for it. Go here. For it. Um... Dark Souls? What? Oh, that's very strange. Uh, Black Knight Sword. That's it. That's the one. All right, now check the trailer for that if you have it up. God, I'm so happy I cut my fucking intro on my videos. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, it's good to have a sting in, I think, still, but... That one wood resists in the wind. Oh, somebody talking over it. Yes. God damn it. Oh, why are you being a bitch? Then throw as many incongruent and bizarre things as possible to keep players off guard. Oh, shut up. Hmm. I kind of thought it would just be a trailer. If somebody's doing a review. There we go. All right, not quite to that level. Right, see, yeah, it's going for a very uh, Edward Gorey-ish sort yes. of uh, presentation, but... You get what I'm saying, yep. right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels like this. Mm-hmm. It like, was... It's got a very similar feel. Uh, and it's... I love it. It's absolutely wonderful. That's cool as hell. Um, oh, God, shut up. <laughs> uh, anyway. I mean, I have to... I kind of have to appreciate a dry YouTube review. Sure. Because so many people are like... They they flailingly reach towards comedy and, and you know, being a personality. Mm-hmm. And they so obviously don't have one, and it ends up coming off not just awkward but insincere. Yeah, and that's why I find most you know video game YouTube channels kind of tough to digest. It's just like, dude, if you're a dry, boring ass motherfucker, at least you've got Asperger's working for you, and you're a wealth of information. That's cool. Be that. Lean into it and inform me mm-hmm. instead of trying to be you know a uncomfortable edge lord and you know half leaning into a joke. That's just the most insincere shit. Sure. Yeah. There goes our YouTube audience, by the way. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, Halfway. <laughs> so, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, we went to Treasure Quest. Ghouls and Ghosts. Oh, and, yeah, Ghouls and Ghosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember how we got to that. Uh, Puppet-like countenance uh, presentation uh, made me think of Black Knight Sword. and. But I don't know what it got, to, got us to Ghouls and Ghosts in the first place. Guys, it is, it is 1230 in the morning, so yeah, we're old. Uh-huh. I don't know. It's, I kind of love the uh, stream of consciousness feel to this. Oh yeah, yeah. very much so. And I, yeah, if if you think that like just being old at twelve thirty in the morning was enough of uh, pushing the boundaries, I just had half a cup of coffee too in order to make all this possible. Oh, I hope means you can sleep like, tonight. Well, if I don't sleep tonight, then I guess I can sleep tomorrow morning. <laughs> <sighs> you guys have to work around me, and my farts. Fair enough. <laughs> no, my farts are not fair. Nor are they forgiving foul most foul uh anyway so uh i went to treasure quest and mm-hmm. i picked up at cory and i saw this game almost at the exact same time 
Uh, yeah, I was going to get it if you didn't. Yeah, and it was it's uh, Galactic Wrestling featuring Ultimate Muscle uh, for the PS2, which I got for the unbelievably low price of fifteen dollars. Mm-hmm. And we looked it up, and what was it? it's it's in that condition? It's like a fifty dollar game. Uh, in that condition, that's uh, not CAB. There's no manual. Yeah, no manual. Right. J- disking bu- dicks, dicks. Lavina dicks. It was uh, disc and box. So yeah. Uh, now the one that I looked up on Amazon was complete in box, still used at very good, and it was 120 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. It could be scalpers price or not, Mark. I don't know. But uh, on the other hand. We ch- I checked it out on eBay afterwards. I don't know if you did a price chart on, but eBay uh, doesn't have it, so there was really nothing to compare it to. Compare it to. Yeah, I checked on price charting, and um, I think it was like forty eight bucks without the without the manual, mm-hmm. and I got it for fifteen. Yeah, that's a clean was, get, which was a nice feeling. That's a clean effing get. You can try to leverage the manual at some later point. Yeah, as exactly. Long as, as long as it's not like one of those. Bullshit manual uh, sales sites that yeah. give you reprinted stuff at like fifty bucks. Yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah, nah, you're a liar. nah, nah. We flipped through many a manual. We know the stink. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I got a Star Trek game for the PS2 as well uh, that I can't remember the name of off the top of my head, uh, but it was like three dollars. So Star Trek Vulcan Penetration. <laughs> and then we went to Fanfare, mm-hmm. which is. Which hurts every time I go. <laughs> it's it's such it's such a wonderful store, and I'm so glad that they were able to kind of survive. I don't want to say thrive because mm-hmm. I don't think any stores thrived over the last year. Yeah, except Amazon. Um, but I'm so happy that they survived the pandemic, mm-hmm. and they're still open and still selling the nerd shit it's, that we love. It's one. It was one of those like it's not just a nerd store. It's like one of those gathering places, like a, yeah. like a pop cultural. Yep. Um, uh, a pop cultural um, ice cream social. Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to put it. Uh, we're old. <laughs> and it's 1230 at night. Um, yeah, sorry. And it was a case, you know, we, we went and it, it it's it's one of the things that, that struck me about this area in particular, the first time I visited back mm-hmm. in 2009, was it is a weird little nerd mecca. Because mm-hmm. um, when I first came up here, uh, fanfare is where it, is where it still is, mm-hmm. but uh, Second Chance was in a much smaller standalone building uh, across the street. I think I remember that, and it was so like there's... this little wooden nothing building. Yeah, and it was amazing. It was like this is phenomenal, and it was mm-hmm. like like for for the two of you that lived in Lee County that listened to the show, <laughs> uh, it was like going to Rainbow Records. No, hey, what was the uh, really small uh, game place that was up near Centennial Park? It was like I have next to the no bridge. No idea. Oh my god, it was beautiful, but it was cramped. I don't even know that place. It was like walking into some. It was like walking into a, um, somebody's really spacious walk-in closet, but they kept like the stuff that was to be sold at the garage sale in it, and then there was like a little cash register up at the front. <laughs> the cash register. That was where I went and got my Illuminati cards. No shit. It was like the only place in the entire area that was selling them, and that's where I you know first learned about the game. Um, but yeah, I always like tried to make a pilgrimage as often as I could over there. And then I opened up my cards over, uh, underneath the bridge, uh, at Centennial trying to figure, figure out what part of the river, the map on the ground was supposed to be. Um, I have no idea. Oh, you, uh, you didn't, I've, I've never been to that store. Oh man. That's, it was a cool place. I, I don't think it survived very long though. Probably because Rainbow Records was yeah. what you just described it as. Um, so Rainbow Rainbow Records, mm-hmm. man, I missed that store. That store was awesome. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, we're going to jump back 30 years real quick. Yeah. Uh, Rambo Records, if you don't know... There are people listening to us that are like, oh, fuck yes, they're going back into the nostalgia. <laughs> God, I love it when they do this. So so Rambo Records was a store that, um, like, from the outside, it's it was billed as a vinyl store. Mm-hmm. Like they, all they had was vinyl. That was what they put on their on their store on their on their sign. That's what they advertised on their windows. It was a vinyl store. It's Rainbow Records. Yeah, Rainbow Records. Yeah. But inside Rainbow Records were fucking video games and comics and mm-hmm. action figures and yeah. just like. But it was before this subculture became a thing. Saleable. Yeah. Yeah. It was like this hidden, dingy, just magnificent fucking store. Hmm. Uh, that. I, I, I would imagine this stuff. I mean, I haven't been back to Lee County in, Jesus, since before my grandpa died. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of the few things to draw a person back there, honestly. Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, but by the time I went back, it was, mm-hmm. you know, nerd shit was everywhere. Yeah. So Rainbow Records wasn't special anymore. It was right. like it was just like, oh, you're still selling old X-Men figures. Okay. I'd honestly be surprised if they were still uh, selling merchandise other than vinyl at that point, because yeah. then they would have like steeper competition. That's true. Yeah. That's a very good point. But yeah, that was where you could go to find the old Toy Biz Marvel figures and mm-hmm. uh, awesome 1990s comics like from you know five years previous that were just you know poly bagged and boarded. And yeah, that store was great. That was the Lobo Clearinghouse. That's where that's <laughs> that's where I got that glow in the dark Ghost Rider cover we were talking about earlier. Oh shit! Yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, like, uh, no, what was the one that was over in uh, Cape Coral that uh, you... Uh, Comic Cave 2000. Comic Cave 2000. Didn't I get, like, a fucking fat stack of Impulse comics over there? Yes. And then a bunch of JLIs. Yep. Ugh. Yeah, that was the, the comic shop I, I worked at. So I don't even remember how I got that job. I just got it. Hmm. Like, it was just one of those things where it's like, hey, Jay, can you watch the register? I, I'd assume it was because you could talk comics and not be repulsive. Yeah. Which and is still it, a rare quality in a nerd. And I think that's yeah. that's all, what it boiled down to was <laughs> right. I think, I think I can't remember what the dude's name was, uh, but I think he needed to run somewhere. He's like, hey, can you watch register for me? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, sure. And then you got the and, job. And then I just kept working there. Yeah. <laughs> just like <laughs> like my, my interview was, hey, can you do this? Well, you eventually got paid. It wasn't like you were Kramer just coming into work. And yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, I got paid. Like he, he made sure he paid me. Yeah. Um, and then one day they were like, we don't pay you really. So why do you keep coming in? I don't know. It gives, me, <laughs> gives me something to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that place was great. And then it just disappeared. Hmm. Like it just closed one day. So... It certainly wasn't destined to become Comic Cave 3000. No. no. Uh, it's a pisser. Do you remember... Okay, fuck. All right, the, the the show's now gone off the rails here. No, that's fine. Um, do you remember... <laughs> that never happens on this podcast. Yeah, right? Ever. We're always so on right. point. Um, do you remember the shop in Cape Coral mm-hmm. that sold comics and was also a ceramic studio? What the fucking fuck? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're... Okay, was, you're, you're, uh, you don't tug people, so I know you're, I know you're not fucking I'm, I'm, with me. Nope, I'm not. Okay. Um, it was right down... Was it Coralwood? No, it was it was near Comet Cave, so it was down near Cape Coral Park. I got to know that area pretty damn well during my Meanie Baby Rampage. Oh my god, I fucking <laughs> forgot about Meanie Baby. Holy shit. Um... <laughs> So this was this was down Cape Coral Parkway, uh-huh. or or not Cape Coral Parkway, but the one that was like parallel to it. That yeah. fucking uh, that pool hall uh-huh. that I can't remember the name of. Cool. No, it wasn't clicks. Um, buckets? No, buckets was across the river. It's always like plural. Gators? Nope. 
Well, that's a possessive. Yeah, I can't remember. It wasn't like it wasn't like salaciously themed like mugs and jugs or anything, right? No, it wasn't mugs and jugs. The hollowed kingdom of mugs and jugs was. It might have been mugs and jugs. Really? It might have been. You do know that at one point it actually was a chain, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Do you remember Mickle Bob's? Barbecue place. Yeah, I do. Anyway, so because that's that can't be a real name. Yeah, there's no trailer park that would have that would have conjured up <laughs> nonsense of that grade. So anyway, down down that road that ran parallel to Cape Coral Parkway, uh-huh. probably about a mile and a half past random wing place that had the pool hall in it, mm-hmm. uh, was this ceramic studio that also sold comics. Okay, well, no, was it like was it like after stock comics? Like no, maybe the owners no no no, it was new shit. That's such a niche. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Maybe she was trying to coax nerds in off of the streets. I, may, I have no idea. Leading them away from a life poorly spent <laughs> on material vices and flights of fancy. And then, and then there was the one in Fort Myers that was over the bridge near the, near the college. Mm-hmm. That was in... Do you remember that uh, A-frame shopping center... Uh, no, no, I'm, okay. that's not coming to me. It's it not was, Bell Tower, right? No, 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 no. Okay, no. it was up near forty-one. It was, or it might have been Bell Tower. You can get great discounts on clothes and some blow, possibly. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't remember where it was. It was, it was a little bit up past the college, uh, off of uh, College Parkway, and it was this weird little fucking. It wasn't a. I, I can't call it a mall. And I can't even call it a shopping center. It was like an office park, but it was an A-frame. And there was a comic and game store in there. That's effing bizarre. And it was awesome. And, and, I, and I know that town's like... I know that town's like just bursting with effing bizarre. Yeah. Uh, but I don't remember anything like that at all. Yeah, it was it was, it was was a neat store. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. So it couldn't be... I guess it wasn't that neat. But yes. <laughs> So it seems like comic book stores kind of follow the same like spatial inversion quality rule that uh, the finer restaurants that you've been to does. Like the dingier and the more confined the accommodations are, the better the products. Oh yeah, because Jimbo's would be a testament to that. Oh fuck yeah. Yeah, because that was like nothing but I could I could have you could have sworn like somebody who didn't understand like structural engineering. Could assume safely that the ceiling of Jimbo's was being held up by stacks of books. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you, yeah, and you couldn't. Yeah, and probably four hundred of those were my comics that I never. Yeah, picked yeah, up, yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> it was. It was sorry, lap- Jim. <laughs> it, it was lapsed holdover boxes. Yeah, that were uh, keeping that place afloat, and eventually brought it down, probably. But I mean, like Jim, Jimbo's was like that. Acme was like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Acme was pretty big. Acme was big, but it was yeah. dingy, and it, I mean, you remember the old Acme. Uh, that's right, yeah. The Acme as it is now is yeah. not the way it used to be. And then fucking Whizbang? Mm, Whizbang was a fucking palace. Yeah, but yeah. it was a palace, but it was stacked to the ceiling. It was. I don't know. Whizbang's a bit different. Maybe that was because, maybe it's because, like, there was a time at which, uh, before, like, you know, comics became mainstream, that a lot of work was put into these places, but people couldn't keep up on, I guess side tasks like vacuuming the floor all the time and shit. I don't <laughs> I don't know but when I when I remember Whizbang I remember it being just like this the first like uh the first like nerd church I'd ever encountered. Yeah. Because our places were homey. 
yeah. you know? I mean, they were, they were, they were like you were describing, uh, dingy, cramped, um, lived very, in. very comfortable for us, lived in, right? There's a lot of experiences to be tallied up yep. within those walls. And Whizbang was like, it had, it was the first place I'd gone to that had like fiberglass figures of Sentinels and Spider-Man and, you know, Venom. And this was like back in like 97, 98 before, uh, 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 when you'd assume that stuff like that would be like, you know, murder on the overhead. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, the thing that I'm going to remember the most about that was that they had, like, all those premium, like, rings and watches and shit that were superhero and otherwise, you know, property themed just hanging out in a glass case like it was a fucking pawn shop. Yeah. But it was, the, like, the nicest pawn shop I've ever been to. The thing I remember, because I only got to go to Whizbang once before they shuttered. Yeah. Um, and it, it fucking sucks that they shuttered, because yeah. out of all the places to fold, I thought that would, well, I thought it would at least outlast most of them. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh... The thing I remember most about Whizbang, other other than the the, the fiberglass sets and mm-hmm. like having like a random mannequin dressed up in a green hornet costume, yeah, uh, was that, that that's how I knew it was home. They they appreciated the green hornet. Do you remember that they had behind the counter? They had like it was like a clothesline or something. I can't remember what it was, but they would hang those one sheets of next week's comics. The covers. Yeah, that's right. And it, it just it blew my mind that that was even a fucking thing. Yeah. Well, they they knew how to hype. Yeah. Yeah. And they did great. Like mm-hmm. I, they gave me uh, the the Robin issue, uh, where it's him and Spoiler at the movies. Yeah. They gave me that cover, and I was like, "Oh my god, this it's is like the greatest store ever!" One of the finest things that Chuck Dixon's honestly ever done. Yeah. 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 And he wrote a lot of Guy Gardner's. I do give him the benefit of the doubt on some shit. Yeah. Um, that was just the god. That was just the place to go. And I keep forgetting that like comic stores nowadays don't really carry that much like back issue stock anyway because it's you know a bitch to store yep you know it used to be a fucking thing and then there was that one that was up in the uh adventure into comics that was right outside the townhouse no wait no there was the there was a comic book store that eventually became adventure and or which became a comic shop became a comic shop but i think it was just comics yeah. And I went there twice, and both times I had the misfortune of running into the owner. Yeah. Who was a complete just bell end. Yeah, that, that dude's a twat. Yeah. And he's he's yeah. still the owner of a comic shop, and he's still a fucking twat. He wasn't that he was bought out. No. Well, at least not when I went. Because he was like playing hardball with the whole idea of uh, the Geek Easy. Uh, in the back, which was in the back of a comic shop at the, at the time. Uh, if, if there's people in Orlando that are listening, or people that, you know, are... Uh, savvy with gods and monsters i'm pretty sure they run in the same scene feel free to correct us on social media or yeah. whatever because the great thing about drama is that we don't have to prove that any of it is real yeah no, we don't <laughs> or accurate sure. yeah of course um but, but i thought it, that way, yeah i thought it was i thought the geek easy was a sticking point with him and then they used some of his like past behaviors in order to kind of muscle him out oh well that'd be great if they did <laughs> yeah because the dude was a capital k cunt like yeah. above all grades but that that was the dude that uh, when Meredith and I went to the one before it was a comic shop before it moved. Yeah. Meredith and I went and he was just a fucking piece of shit to her. Yeah. Like, how dare you be in the store? You have, uh, and it was, she was like, I never want to come back here. Yeah. It was, it was some crap. Yeah. Uh, but I did get my first appearance of Hellboy there for uh, yeah. like two bucks. Dude, this will, this will tell you how much of a sour taste that fucking place left in my mouth. Uh, the second time I went in there, <clears throat> That was when they started uh, printing. Uh, that was when Darwin Cook, Cook uh, took over mm-hmm. Catwoman. Yep, it was like one of my favorite artists of all time, uh, in like a milestone uh, revisionist move, and I was absolutely all about getting that comic. 
but I did not want to buy it from that fucking place. Yeah. Oh, God, no. At the same time, Army of Darkness was coming out, too. So it would have been like, okay, I would love to be spending money on this place. Uh, but I don't want to, I want to make sure that none of it goes to you. Yep. Or any of the stuff that you, uh, eat, uh, any of the power bills you might have to pay. I don't even want to, uh, I don't even want to know that it winds up, uh, in the mouths of your children because you don't deserve any of it. So that's unfortunately what, uh, kept me from reading Catwoman for like a decade. <laughs> you know what place I loved in Orlando? Mm-hmm. Uh, was that place by the highlight court? Dude, I thought that was adventure in the comics. Maybe that was Adventure in the Comics, but that was the place that I got that uh, Golden Age issue of The Flash Dude. for like six bucks because it was beat to shit. That, there will never be another place like that. That place was nuts. Uh, because he, because the, the person that run that was just not into comics and comics as a culture. He was into, he was into storytelling and myth-making, period. Yeah. Do you remember the pulp collection yep. he had? Proper pulp. I'm not talking about like pulp-flavored stuff. Like, comics about dudes and fedoras and, uh, you know, uh, Alan Quartermain uh, toppling over a third world society in order to get their gold. Shit like that. Um, I'm talking about, like, actual, like, crime weekly, things like that. Stuff that was, like, it, 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 whenever when you were reading these, uh, these issues, you felt like you had to be extra careful or they were going to fall apart in your hands. Yep. Yeah. And then he had, like, premium rings from old boxes of, like... Uh, uh, cornflakes, uh, Ovaltine and stuff. It was like a treasure trove, that joint. And it was dirt cheap. Yeah. He just wanted people to to share in it. Reasonably priced. Well, yeah. yeah some, it some... wasn't. He wasn't giving it away, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, there were, there were some ratty-ass pulps in there that were like upwards of up to about 32 bucks in single issues and True. stuff. And if they weren't, you know, I would have bought the entire place out. But that is like, that place, and I'm glad you brought that up because I was about to get to it because I, I will always think of that place as like the quintessential uh, shrine to what makes, I don't know, to basically what makes our world, you know? And of course, video games had nothing to do with it because he didn't care. Yeah. But it was everything that fed into the culture as we know now. Mm-hmm. And well, for better or worse, uh, everything that the mainstream can now appreciate along with us. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for good or ill. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, oh, shit. That was a fun trip down memory lane. Uh, <laughs> I kept trying to think that, like, all right, we should kind of bring this home because it's easy to do nostalgia. But there are some places that, well, we went to some places today. Yeah. But there's got to be, like, some standout places that we know about nowadays. I'm pretty sure Gods and Monsters is, like, at the tip of everyone's tongue when they oh, talk about yeah. stuff in Florida. God, Gods and Monsters, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, up here, like, like Fanfare. Fanfare is, uh, is a store that, unlike Acme, down in, down in Orlando, mm-hmm. Fanfare has evolved as, yeah. as the industry has. Yeah. Uh, and the owner actually gives a flying fuck about the product. He's also not a criminal. Yeah, oh, yeah that's true. <laughs> he, he, he hasn't killed two people uh, right. by, you know, running into them drunkenly. Uh-huh. Um, he's, he's also not, you know, uh, expertly skeevy around his clientele. That's true. That's true. That, I think, should count for something. Yeah. 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 He doesn't hire people that actively badmouth the industry they're trying to sell. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. also true. Well, he did, he did hire a friend of ours. But um, that could have been one of his better decisions. Yeah, true. Right. But he also hired people that actively hated the clientele that came in there. Yeah, I know. And would make fun of them. The funny thing is that, like, recounting memories of these comic book stores, there's got to be at least a, a fair amount of people that are, like, hearing these, and everyone has the bad store. Yep. Because there is always one disgruntled dude that got into, like, the retail end of comics for some reason, even though it feels like or it sounds like they actively, like, loathe their own existences... Or, if not that, then the existence of the people that, you know, come in to give him money. Uh-huh. And it's like, I, 
where do these bad attitudes come from? No idea. I remember there was a one dude. I'm not going to name this comic store because people are going to know it immediately. And this dude could probably own it still down in Orlando. But <laughs> it, yep, it, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, it is in Orlando. And I kind of think that maybe, I mean, my first impression of this dude is that like he was a prick without equal. Yep. Um, but what threw me about him was that when I first met him, he was young. Or at least he seemed young to me. Like, maybe at his oldest, he could have been, like, early 30s, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, Good-looking dude. Clearly has his own business. Uh, so you, you, you'd assume that everything that this guy is doing is on the ball. And th- there's not a whole lot of... Um, there's not a whole lot of hazard for him to be stressed out about. He's just a fucking prick to everybody that, like... He was not a prick to people that came in and seemed to have their shit together. Mm-hmm. But guess what? You run a comic book store, you're gonna get some. You're gonna get some human messes coming in every once yeah. in a while. And he would just like if he didn't talk to you, that was a good day for you. Mm-hmm. If he did talk to you, you felt like dirt and you never set foot in there again. Yep. Um, and then he left the comic book chain, started up his own like. It was the first time I ever saw something like this, I mean, and now this is a regular thing. So he was kind of like an innovator in that way. Uh, the first um, like collector vinyl sort of a nerd shop, like a Think Geek style shop yep. that I'd ever been to. And uh, in addition to that, it was also it also doubled as like an art gallery, uh, an art gallery for the culture. He, he would invite people to come in and do, uh, you know, what Gods and Monsters does now with getting independent artists to sell their pieces uh, out of his storefront. And he was a completely different person. Inside that place, even to me, I still dress the same. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe the culture was just like weighing that heavily upon him for some reason, running a chain. But I don't know. It could have been, or it could have just been that you know, comics were the thing he wanted to do, mm-hmm. and then he found what he loved. Uh, like know? like he wanted to get into the creative side, couldn't yeah. make it, started a comic book store, hated it, and then kind of found a happy medium. Yeah. That's reasonable. I mean, the store folded in like a year, yeah. unfortunately, but it was really cool while it was still open. It had was, a bunch of Lupin DVDs. The, the Village, right? That was one in the Village, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's some stores that we can think about right now. Gods and Monsters, top of the list. Yep. Easy. Yep. Uh, if only for the vault alone. Yeah, Gods, Gods and Monsters is spectacular. I put Fanfare up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a store up in Grand Rapids uh, called Tardies. Yeah. Which I love, which reminds me of old Acme. Yeah. But with people that like legitimately give a shit about the industry. Right. Yeah. Uh, and these were, we met them. We actually met them in line at the Letterkenny concert last year. No shit. They were, <laughs> they were in line next to us. So we just shot the shit for the two hours we were waiting for the concert to start. Mm-hmm. And they were fantastic. By the way, we're going to turn five. Uh, yes, we are on turn five. We've actually, we, this is going to be officially on pause for the rest of the show because I cannot think while we're doing this. Yeah. And it's not the same sort of dynamic as Zombie Dice. Considered a failed experiment. Yeah, but hey, it's well, a fun game. Yeah, yeah. Splendor. Really good. Buy it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Go pick it up. That's our pimping for tonight. Yeah. But there, I mean, and, and then over in Chicago, I mean, we've got... Graham Crackers. Graham Crackers is just unbelievable. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Comics uh, up in Skokie and in New York is great. True. Uh, Chicago Comics. Chicago Comics. I th- Challengers. I think Chicago... No, no, no. Uh, no, the big comic presence, I believe, in that town is... Is, is Graham Crackers the one that actually has like other uh, other satellite locations? Because I just Graham know Crackers about the one the in one Boys that has Town. Like fifteen or twenty locations. Yeah. Oh, so it is okay. Yeah. I remember there was another one that was downtown, like close to the Loop, where I got that um, 
Oh, God. I got that, like, long out-of-print uh, expansion, speaking of Lupin, uh, for the Lupin, uh, the Italian board game. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. And I remember when I brought it up to the counter, and the dude was like, where the fuck did you find this? He's <laughs> like, up there right next to the door, and he's like, huh, God, that's the last time I don't pay attention to, to the inventory. <laughs> it's like, hell, well, your sloth is my game. Yes. Yeah. You now, you fucked up. <laughs> he was really gracious about it. He was cool. I mean, you know that if you let something that big go, then it was completely your fault. Yeah. Right. Um, but, you know, I always think of, like, the Graham Crackers up in Boys Town as, like, my place and the local place because the I always, like, go in there and make a beeline for the basement, like, right away. Yeah, that's that's where we where me, you, Meredith, and Victor went, where Victor found, like, four Star Trek magazines in the yeah. basement and bought them for me. Yeah, that Graham Crackers is where you go to cash the fuck in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess there are like more around the city too. So that's like the big uh, presence of Chicago. Uh, in that case, I would say that you would be if you're super in the comics, and especially, um, uh, especially a lot of like uh, uh, indie comics that are big into social messaging and stuff, or just humor. Um, because I know this place is also big into like uh, Chris Ware to, uh, comics, um, the Acme Novelty Library. Yeah, he actually, I think he knows the people that have uh, that not own it. He has some sort of a relationship with the with the store because they always have his stuff in a showcase. Sure. Uh, this is a Chicago Comics, and this is off of Clark. Chicago Comics is awesome. Yeah. Uh, that's where I got my Andre the Giant comic. Oh, you fucking finally read it? Yeah. The one by Box Brown? Yes, it's so good. You, oh, my God, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It makes me so happy because now I don't have to buy it for you. I already bought it for Bob. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I bought it when, uh, I think, again, when me you, and Vic, me, you, Meredith, and Victor went. Yeah. Um, he also did a comic about the history of, uh, a graphic novel about the history of Tetris. And I have yet to pick that up. Fuck. Yeah. He's a, yeah. That's interesting. He, co- he covers interesting subjects. I'm going to have to read that. Mm-hmm. Um and then, then there's you know, then there's video game stores, and and you know, it's we're, we've gotten off track. I mean, I picked up Rogue Squadron as well. That's that's yeah. the end of the the shit we picked up. <laughs> um, uh, and and there's there's used video game stores, and it's mm-hmm. used video game stores are twofold because there's there's Game Stops, uh-huh. which you can find a good Game Stop, but it has happened. It has happened. Yeah, like the one he- near me here in Portage is awesome. Um. What what was like your most obscene score to GameStop? I think we can I think we can grade those on a curve because it's GameStop. Uh, you know what I mean? I think the most obscene score I ever had at a GameStop was probably it was the the GameStop in Castleberry that was next to the Quiznos. Um, Castleberry? Oh oh okay I know I know yeah 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 uh, and I think I got Suey Code and. F- Four and Sui Coden three on PS2 for like two bucks each. God. And it was this was when uh, GameStop was not pricing stuff based on rarity. They were basic. They were pricing stuff based on region mm-hmm. and how many copies were in their region. Yeah. So apparently, someone in the region had a ton of of Sui Coden three and fours, and I just I won that day. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, that got me bad once though because I had even I had called for an inventory check on a place like some. I, know, I was driving over to uh, like someplace out west uh, in Florida, uh, uh, close to the Tampa uh, area, and uh, there was a GameStop that was like out in the middle of nowhere, like somewhere close to Wesley Chapel or some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I called them about like because then I was I knew I was going over there, and I checked off like every GameStop that was on that route, and they had a copy of Fatal Frame Three, 
when that was uh, when stock on that was starting to dwindle. You know, mm-hmm. so I like, all right, can you hold it for me for about till the end of the day? I'm about to head out right now, and they're like, oh sure, uh, it'll be here when you get here. And then I show up, and they're like. I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea. I was you're fucking. You bought it, or you you held it back, and you're putting it on eBay. That's what's happening. If yep. somebody would have looked into it, yep. At that point, it's like this is a really niche game for somebody to call them about. What's the story? Ooh. Yeah, you pricks. Um, well, that was the most obscene crime done to be by GameStop, <laughs> because well, once again, it's fucking GameStop. But, um. <laughs> that was before uh, GameStop was uh, central to very literal uh, 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 financial crimes mm-hmm. um, and market manipulation, which is a great story in and of itself. Now, the most obscene score I ever made at a GameStop happened at the same place. It was two of them. Um, and it was at the GameStop that was on University, uh, close to where we were at, cl- well, close to the college, plainly. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, up till the second score, I thought the first score that I got there, which was Sonic Pinball Party, was pretty great. Um, and then I found a box complete <laughs> in the box copy of Tactics Ogre about three to four years after it was Jesus. initially released. Yeah, and that thing went scarce in like, like if it was a year after its release, I would say even a couple of months before then. Oh yeah, because that, that was one of the ones I wrote off. I was like, I'm never going to be able to find this. <laughs> I still haven't played it, um, <laughs> but I saw it there, and it was just sitting in the, uh, the little tiny little used like slab up in the front, mm-hmm. next to uh, you know copies of uh, freaking Super Mario Advance loose and whatnot in the box, just sitting there, yellow label on top of it. And it was like thirty two bucks. To me, used that was fine. I checked it out because I don't want to make sure there's any boogers on it or anything, mm-hmm. and it was in pre- pristine condition. So I bring it up to the counter after they you know go go up and get it for me, and the guy's like. Spending thirty two bucks on a used game, I was like, "How does this motherfucker not know?" Yeah, Mate, that's good <laughs> because he could try to like pull a Fatal Frame three like right the fuck in front of me yeah. as soon as I turn my head around, and then I won't be able to say anything. But that was a killer score. That's a fantastic score. Yeah, I just feel like an ass that I haven't touched it at all. <laughs> and you know, with, with game stores, like I I lament the loss, and this is the one I'm always going to reference because this place just blew my mind mm-hmm. when you took me there uh, and that's people play games in Chicago oh god I'm gonna cry <laughs> which was like I, it, it's as close as I've felt to like a religious experience going into a game store just that central aisle of PC the big, big boxes box PC. from back in the day good god walking in like literally you, you, you brought me in there uh-huh. and I walk in and the first fucking thing I see mm-hmm. in that section yeah is the Bard's Tale 2 Thief of Fate. God damn it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> complete in box mm-hmm. that you're able to pick up and look at, and I was fucking shaking. Yeah. Because it's like, I have not seen this since I was a kid. Uh-huh. And I fucking hate that I didn't buy it. Yeah. I mean, we, we kind of thought it was going to... This was before COVID broke that yeah. it actually went under. Yeah. This is because nobody... Went in there and bought stuff. It was a museum. I, th- I think it was because they were buying over what people yeah. were going into to, in there to get, um, and that's really fucking tragic because not only does that well, not only was some something you know very exciting taken away from us, but it also speaks to the, like the idea of actually having a video game museum or a tactile museum, yeah. and how much well not water clearly, but how much like attention that could draw and how you know, necessary that the idea of that could be. Yep. Um, 
because like ever since it folded, like whenever somebody tells us about like one of the you know greatest video game stores we've ever wandered into, the first thing that pops into our head is always going to be people play games. Yep. We even remember the name of it without having to search. Yeah. And it fucking sucks. And I went there once mm-hmm. for like ten minutes. Yeah. Because we got there right before it fucking closed. Yeah, I know. And it was like, it was that much of an impact on me. Like uh-huh. this place is just incredible. Yeah. Um, and like I, I have some people that I talk to from uh, from YouTube, and I've brought up people play games. And one of the guys that used to live in Chicago, he's like, oh man. Mm-hmm. That's the greatest store ever. <laughs> like, just like it's it's the best, oh. most reverent fucking yeah. Just video games matter and, store and sh- and shit. I forgot about like even outside of that like utterly mind bending uh, experience of seeing that the the, the big box aisle. Uh, you could go in there for missing manuals. You can go in there for missing boxes if you needed like something that was you know attached yep. to specific box art. Uh, you can go in there for imports. Mostly unmolested. Um, old magazines. Old magazines. Old magazines and old uh, strategy guides. Uh, old strategy guides. I'm a, I know that like most video game uh, secondhand stores tend to treat uh, strategy guides as like anathema, and they were like, "Nope, we got them organized alphabetically." Suck yep. it. Let's go. Damn it! And we only put out the ones that are in good shape. Yes, that is helpful. Yeah. But then again, half price books is really good about strategy guides too. But imagine like having that in the same space as you know the game that the strategy guide references. Yeah. <laughs> There was that. There was like uh, vintage peripherals by themselves if they did not have them with the games, and they were always like you know put up in a display. Um, it, it was it was just mind bending how really quality was. that place was, and how um, geez, like you said, reverence was the key word. Yeah, and there's nothing really I can add to that. And like you, you've got the exchange now, which I've never been to, but I want to. The exchange through. is pretty goddamn good. I, I like it because I've made some pretty handsome scores there. Sure. Uh, Dark Watch, pristine. Um, Dragon Quest Nine for under twenty. That's crazy. I, I was about to see Dragon Quest Nine for under a hundred because I'd still be impressed with it. Um, but even at the price that I got it, is like so gross. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the exchange is pretty good, and I'm glad that exists. But it doesn't. It didn't necessarily do, and I don't think it seeks to do what people play games did. Yeah. Well, you got to be. You have to have a certain mindset for that. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that's that's not and that's not for everybody and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, and what was the place in Orlando? C- uh, Cybertron. Oh, Cybertron was pretty damn good. You're yeah. right about that. Yeah, that, that was the place. Um, no, uh, I'm sorry. There's Cybertron, which is great, by the way, because that was where I scored the first four uh, Famicom Dragon Quests. Yep. In pretty good condition. They're not perfect, but I didn't really expect them to be. Yep. They're old and they're phylacteries. Um. There's also a place called uh, Plain Trade, and I think that was a chain down there yeah, as well. Plain Trade uh, is a chain. There's still Plain Trades up here, actually. Yeah. Well, that, that was pretty much up and down, depending upon the management that was overseeing it. But the one that was near uh, Waterford Lakes, that place is killer. Yeah. Because they have, like, an NGPC wall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- th- those were good. And th- mm-hmm. here in Kalamazoo, we've got uh, Second Chance. Mm-hmm. Second Chance is hit and miss. Um, but, I mean, it's it's been more missed this year just because... COVID, people are going yeah. and buying games. Right. Um, and then up in uh, Battle Creek, we have uh, Disc Traders, which is, it's also hit and miss, but it's a lot more hit than it is miss. Uh, that's where I, I got uh, Star Fox Zero and Star Fox Guard for $3 complete in box. Mm. Um, have you played Star Fox Guard? 
Star Fox Guard is a really good idea and a really bad presentation. Oh, uh, okay. All right. It, it's 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 tower defense. Um, oh man, you think that would? Well, well, wait a minute. No, that's one of Nintendo's. Uh, that's that's a case of Nintendo fitting an IP onto something that yeah. doesn't quite belong there. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's sad. Yeah. Uh, and I I actually like Star Fox Zero. I know a lot of people don't, but I actually think it's pretty fun. Um, I haven't heard anything negative about it. Uh, a lot of people don't like the way it controls because oh. they have to use the motion controls with the, uh, the pad, and I'm like, "Well, you have to yeah. do that with Splatoon as well." But it, but it's good. Yeah, it works. So, <laughs> so shut up. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, there's. Well, don't worry. I I I understand going to bat for uh, reviled games. Yeah, oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <sighs> so yeah, we went out and spent a lot of money today. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think we are going to wrap it up because it is now yeah. 1 o'clock in the morning and we have been recording for an hour and 35 minutes. Yeah, and uh, nobody's winning this game of Splendor. No, and I don't think there's any way to really uh, edit this one down. That's going to be a long-ass podcast, Bob. Yeah. Um, That's fine. We just <laughs> He just wants the product and uh, we just want to ship that shit. As long as it gets out to Albuquerque, we still get paid. Yeah, exactly. Just exactly. kidding. We do not get paid. No, we don't. Nah. All right, so... Uh, Bob has a note here. He wanted to say this, uh, love and support to our friends, uh, the morning monorail podcast. We can't wait to hear them once they're back from a hiatus mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, good people over there. Uh, even, uh, even though Justin's a, a, a douche, I love you, Justin. <laughs> um, it's, it's Cretans Guild championship stuff. It's, oh, uh, oh he's, it's, he's my right. Yeah, it's scripted beef. Yeah, yeah exactly. of course. Exactly. All right. Uh, guys, you can listen to the podcast on Podbean, Spotify, our heart, the fuck. <laughs> Here's, here's here we go. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> I'm coming, Wheezy. Oh God. Uh, what's what's what was her name? Uh, no, uh, I'm Elizabeth. Coming, Elizabeth. I'm coming, Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah, it's another old show that nobody re- really understands the references to. Yeah. So the Cretans Guild podcast can be found on Podbean, Spotify, Tout, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, why are we telling them this after they listen? Bob puts in parentheses. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. Bob, you write the rundowns, man. I just say the words. I'm like Ron Burgundy with a fucking teleprompter. Yeah. Uh, you can follow the link tree in all of our social medias. Uh, can be found in the... Bob, you gotta... I just read the words, man. You can't say that. Link tree to all our socials and other media can be found in the description. Oh, in the description... <laughs> Let me see what's happening. Jesus here. Christ, it's one o'clock in the morning. What is that? Okay, wait, okay. Where did you start reading? So the link tree to <sighs> okay. all of our socials and everything else can be found in the description of this podcast. Yes. Or you can just do a search for Cretans Guild. Now you can read the third thing. I think that's relevant to you. Yeah, this one I got. Okay. Uh you can follow me on YouTube. I am Square Pegs. Uh, I am a video game show uh, on YouTube, and you can follow Bob at Skipper Bob's Breakdowns, where mm-hmm. he runs in Orlando and Theme Park Lifestyle Vlog. Uh, follow him because Bob's videos are awesome. And if it were up to us, he'd be taking that shit worldwide. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I want to see fucking Skipper Bob sailing across the country. I want to see him tracking down all of the narrative points of interest uh, with, an SC, with an SEA lore. That would be a hell of yeah. a video series, wouldn't it? Yes. Just gallivanting. Yeah. Doing absolutely. an Anthony Bourdain. Just you know, less cool, but nobody can be as cool as Anthony Bourdain. That, anyway. So true. it's not a knock, Bob. You know that. Uh, you can support us on Patreon, and we have a merch... Uh, we have merch available on tpublic.com that features the art of the brilliant Tom Sola. Mm-hmm. We are part of the Podfix Network somehow. Yep. <laughs> uh, and to all of our followers, new and old, we say welcome to the guild. To, to all, all your dogs, dogs and cats. And cats.
we're gonna do that shit until he tells us to stop. Yep. Yeah. Cause Bob ain't here. Bob ain't here. <laughs> This was a podcast of the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com. Hi, I'm Austin Rude. And I'm Phil Rude, and we host The Picture Show with Austin and Phil Rude. Clever name. Each week we watch a movie and bring our discussion to the mics. You can hear my opinions and Austin's wrong opinions about everything we watch. No, you're the wrong one. Get out. The Picture Show with Austin and Phil Rood. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Do you like 80s television? Of course you do. Do you like helicopters? Of course you do. Do you like men serenading eagles by the waterfront while playing cello? Yes. Yes, you do. If you'd like to hear more about helicopters and cellos, please be sure and tune in to Champa and Klein the Airwolf Years every week on your favorite podcast service. Join hosts Greg and Dave as they discuss every single episode of the classic 1980s television series Airwolf. Be sure and subscribe today. Electronic.